Welcome to For the Love of God podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. Yes. Welcome back, folks. This is For the Love of God podcast and another week. In this episode, we have Would You Rather News with Nate. And our topic today is the prosperity gospel and a new game. So stay tuned to find out what that is. And of course, I'm joined by my sidekicks, Pastor Rick Rieger. Oh, oh man. Hallelujah. <laughs> wow, that is like so not me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. It's Hallelujah. so not me that it's comical. <laughs> and of course, Nathan Jewell. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Can't you see I'm white and nerdy? Look at me, I'm white and nerdy. Okay, that is kind of hey. Him. You know what? Oh. Nerdy is, is chic now. So I just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> Yes, I no, got you guys. Although I, music. I am a little confused because I thought you two were my sidekicks for this gig. I, just... <laughs> <laughs> now, I actually I'm confused because I didn't hear any theme music for Jason here. Oh, oh, that's a fair. What, point. What's what's the deal? Well, I'm gonna... some weirdo like uh, preacher, and he's white and nerdy. Now, what are you? What's what's well, the deal on that? <laughs> yeah, there's wah, no pride wah, there. Wah. This is Jason, your host, and we are back again for another amazing episode talking about God, the Bible, things, oh, and playing yeah. games and Woo. learning new music. And uh, and here we go. So, would you rather is up first? Would you rather? Okay. It did gets you, better every time I hear it. Did you come up with any? Would you I, I did not. You I, didn't. Just, <laughs> I, <laughs> I assumed you had them lined up. <laughs> I see. You know, you might want to sign that job. You see? You've been, been kind of taking the reins lately, so. I, I apologize. Don't want to step on your toes or anything. Like that, sir, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't want to interrupt the flow of creativity on your <laughs> right you know i'm happy to do more i just didn't <laughs> now you say last that. time he's driving around with this recorder ready to go when he thinks of him you know there's nothing like starting a somewhat comical podcast <laughs> being bummed and feeling bad about yourself she <laughs> whiz right fair point, fair point. okay <laughs> Try listening to my opening music and, and, and kind of recovering from that one. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Would you rather eat like Daniel, which was vegetables only, or Elijah and the widow and eat bread only? Hmm. Well, being a self-professed uh, meditarian, neither of those sound good. <laughs> I agree. Um. Vegetables yeah. are what my food eats. Right, exactly. <laughs> if I don't have dead cow on a regular basis, I'm not a happy man. Mm. However, I guess if I got to pick between the two, bread is going to get old. Because, you know, there are different kinds of bread. 
but still there's way more different kinds of vegetables. vegetables. So I'm going to have to go with vegetables just out of the need for variety. Right. I can have a carrot one day, you know, the next day I'll have something else. Well, <laughs> all right. So I got a, I got a question that kind of, am I still married? Oh uh, yeah. Scenario. Then I'm going to choose the bread because, because my wife likes the carbs and if I'm going to be unhappy either way. At least I can choose to make her happy. Well, no, the thing is vegetables do have carbs, just some more than others. Not as much as bread. <laughs> this, well, this is true. This could be However, a, a however now I have found there is that one carb bread. It's called, I think it's called carb smart and we've been eating it now. Uh, I've now, tried are they to be, our sponsor this hour. Is that how that works? I have seriously <laughs> tried carb, low carb bread before, and I've never met up with one I liked. This stuff, I almost like it well enough that once we're not dieting, I think we're just going to keep using that because it's low carb and it tastes good. Okay, I've had it before. It's pretty good. I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, and I don't yeah, recommend. Yeah, you're, the, you're the cook. All carbs in your diet. I'm not a carb guy. You know, I'm, I would be perfectly happy to, to do the whole Atkins diet again. And, uh, I lost like 80 pounds the first time I did it and got depressed and then like gained it all back. But that's a whole different story and a uh, topic for another. <laughs> I'm down 30, what? 33 right now. 33. So I've got a little bit to go to catch you, but I won't get that far. Cause I would probably weigh. I would look stupid after in fact, if I weigh about 20 pounds less, I'm going to start looking pretty bad. So I'm only uh, yeah, go, I'm going where down, you're at. I'm going to go down 10. And that way, when I go off of it slowly, I'm going to, you always gain about 10 or 15 back and then I'll be right in the pocket. Yeah. And then just do some exercise to maintain and we'll be good. Well, you're talking about doing a YouTube video. So that adds 10 pounds. Yeah. I better so. lose 20. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I look at my video. I'm, I look at videos, and I'm thinking, I thought the camera added ten pounds. How many cameras did you put on me during that thing? Gee whiz! Right. So I'm going with vegetables for sure. Because I mean, I like bread, but like when I'm eating a meal and I have some bread with me on my plate, it may or may not get eaten. Oh, see, I don't. see the same thing happens to me with like chocolate. It may or may not get eaten. <laughs> chocolate is definitely getting eaten. <laughs> if you put chocolate in front of me, it's not going to be any left. If you oh. put chocolate in front of me, even if I am on a diet, it may get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. That was kind of my joke there. I, yeah, it's going to get eaten. But I'm right. <laughs> so, so who is it? Who, oh, wait a minute. Who's what? the bread guy again? Back up. Elijah. Elijah. Okay. And a widow. I was going to say, now, wait a minute. If we back this up, no, it wasn't technically bread, but manna from heaven. Now, I'd pick that. Oh, manna. It's made by God. It's got to be good. It's probably all full of good, you know, stuff. As long as you have some manna A's. <laughs> but um, but um, shoot, I don't have it ready, so whatever. Um, you have to add it in post-production. <laughs> uh Okay. Did he just say production? I think he said production. Poe production. Too. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, plus, I can make some mean vegetables. So, it's the best kind of mean. Mean vegetables. ones. They yeah. got teeth. I believe that about you. I believe that. I just got to say, if, if God really intended me to eat more vegetables, he'd have made them taste like steak. I, would you like to try my portobello mushrooms? <laughs> well, are <laughs> mushrooms considered vegetables? <laughs> yeah. Fungi. Fungi. Uh, okay. You ever heard the mushroom joke? 
The one about being a fun guy? Yeah. 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 All right, here's one. I just made one up on a fly. Can I make one up on the fly? Go ahead. All right. So if you were writing a book of the Bible, are you ready? Yeah. Would you rather write the book of Revelation or the book of the Song of Solomon? Oh, easily Solomon. <laughs> oh, why? Because... Okay, I gotta censor myself here a little bit. Um, <laughs> Aaron may be listening. Be careful. Um, you're talking about love. You're talking about all the things that are good in the world. If you're writing the Song of Solomon, you're talking about the manifestation of um, pleasure in the way that is the most godly format possible, and it's it's encouraging. It's uplifting. And, now, while some of the methodology may be outdated, like mm -hmm. referring to your wife as a stag or as two hills on a city, like <laughs> probably not the best frames of reference you could give these days. Well, if we were writing it now, it'd be a little different, yeah, I assume. It, it, it'd be a little different. Hmm. But if I had the opportunity to write between that or the death of, of all the unbelievers, I'd rather, I'd rather write about love. Hmm. Gotcha. How about you, Jason? Um, completely the opposite. See, before... I converted. <laughs> Is that what I did? <laughs> Before I was saved? I didn't convert. Before you became a Christ follower. Right. There you go. I was a author and um, I wrote horror novels. So I loved this. Were scary. they horrific? They were terrific. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. Um, so I like scary things. I've always liked scary things. Ever since I was 10 years old, I was watching horror movies and just everything in my life had to be scary. I loved it. Still do. But since I found Christ, I have tended to, I stepped away from that. And I really don't need to, but I just kind of want to keep things more pure in my life now. I just, right. I'm just kind of staying away from Nothing the dark stuff. You know, I just, I don't know if that's going to be an avenue that I don't want to take. I don't know where it's going to lead me if I go down that dark alley in the middle of the night. So I stay away from it. When in doubt, leave it out. Right. I have to kind of do a little bit of that with sometimes with the media that I consume, whether it be certain types of music or certain types of movies. It's just the darkness is always there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's so palpable, you can reach out and touch it. And it's better not to feed that side of myself, I've realized, because I can go pretty dark. Yeah. You should read my books. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So oh. now you're like the, the, the dealer here, like, hey, first, first it's free kid. <laughs> so yeah. where were we? So I think you were explaining to me, well, no, you were explaining to us rather uh, why you were choosing Revelation. Yeah, Revelation. Yeah, because... Um, it would, it would, it would be more suited. It would, it's in my, it's in my wheelhouse. It meets your personality yeah. and things you enjoy. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. So I would probably, and I know this might shock you, but I think I would choose revelation as well. And the reason being is one of the reasons that I, that I back off teaching revelation sometimes is because it's so complex and it's some symbolism. It's, you know, it's obviously uh, prophetic. It, it, you know, and as a pastor, I have to be very careful. I can't, I don't, I don't want to be caught leading people astray because I know I'm going to be 
uh, I'm going to have to face God someday. And, you know, I don't want that kind of <laughs> the repercussions that may come from leading people astray. So I'm very cautious when it comes to unpacking revelation. And I know that since John saw that stuff firsthand, if anybody could probably grasp it, it would be him. So to be that person who received it, you know, from God and then was able to write it down, I think he would get a better, yeah, I would like to do that so I could really get a true picture. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that, that's a tough book. I mean, you know, it all the other stuff's book. pretty straightforward, but when it comes to Revelation, you can listen to 10 pastors and get who, 10 are, different. Yeah, who, are, who are for sure that they're right and they're all giving different perspectives. Well, okay, somebody's got to be wrong here, like nine yeah. of you at least. Right. <laughs> Maybe they all are. I don't know. I mean... In some cases, all 10 of them have truths and falses. That's with, usually within the, the mix. Yeah. Right. Um, now, I have my own interpretations of Revelation. And I, like I said before, I studied Revelation from teachers before I dove in myself. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to, just to kind of get a good understanding of all of the different interpretations and, and what things meant. And I've been diving into it lately. I've been studying it for the last three or four weeks with, uh, using the, um, blue, what is it? Blue, blue letter Bible. Thank you. The blue letter Bible app and interpreting words in Greek and Hebrew and, and just really digging in. And, um, and so the, the people that I've been kind of looking towards, two, um, four answers are, they're all pretty much on the same page. Mm-hmm. And my interpretations that I've come up with go along pretty much with what they're saying too. So gotcha. And the, <laughs> I'm just going to say the post-trip people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the good news now for our (laughs) listeners, don't be scared to read Revelation. In fact, you want to. In fact, it's one of the, well, it is the only book of the Bible that says blessed are those who read and understand. So it's really, uh, it is an important book of the Bible and it's definitely good to read and you can get the majority of it because the, the good news is that the main message is that we win. If we're Christ followers, we win in the end. And that is the main message, <laughs> mm-hmm. everything else, you know, just kind of puts color into the picture, but that's kind of the main thing. Yeah. But, uh, okay. I got one more. Okay. I got one more. I just came up with it. It's probably silly, but again, I was trying to think of it while I was answering the last one. So last one here, would you rather grow up with Jesus or would you rather grow up with Cain and Abel to see how it all began? Ooh. Oh, that's tough. You know, I'm going with Cain and Abel because what a time. Oh, yeah. You know, what a time that was. And another, the main reason really is because the people that grew up with Jesus didn't believe in him. Right. Because he was just the guy down the road at Fixer's table. And Right. um, You played stickball with our kids. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So Cain and Abel, which I would like to see that battle. (laughs) All right, how about you? Uh, boy, that's—I'll be honest—that's a tough one. There's, there's a lot I would like to see in both worlds. Um, I would have to say, 
I, boy, that's tough. I, I, I would probably pick Cain and Abel, and here's why. Uh, not that I don't want to hang around with Jesus as a little kid, but Cain and Abel, still, they were still in very close relationship with God. They were not too far removed from the Garden of Eden, and they would have had a lot of stories. You know, we, they would, Mom and Dad had stories to tell them, right? That would have been really cool to hear. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that, I, that would be kind of cool. Well, part of me, like if, if I go the, the fleshy route, I'd probably say Cain and Abel because imagine when you were a kid and you got to go explore in the woods for the first time. Remember, remember that feeling? Cain and Abel had that feeling. <laughs> Everywhere <every> they went. <laughs> right? Everywhere they went, it was new. I know, right? That would be so amazing just to experience that. Just to kind of, every every new place you go, you're just experiencing more and more of God's creation and mm-hmm. his majesty and wonder and splendor. Um, the unspoiled nature of the world at that point in time. Right, because even though they had been kicked out of the garden, it was still not completely. It was still practically pristine. Yeah, and so yeah. to see that, and, you know, the fact is, is they did. I mean, you know, God still talked to them, and I don't know how it looked, I'm sure it still looked a lot different than us today talking to God. That's true. And so I don't know. I'd like to know. I mean, yeah, because like when you read the Bible, it was, it's, it's like they were hearing God's voice. Unlike. Let me throw you another way, way of looking at it. It's, that's the way it seems anyway. Yeah, we still haven't heard you your answer. So yeah, you said from a fleshy well, standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Continuing. You have Adam and Eve, right? Mm-hmm. The most handsome man and the most beautiful woman to have ever existed. Because they were perfect in God's eyes. God said they were good. Right. So if you had the opportunity to see them, the longevity of life at that point in time was just so, I mean, you could live 900 years, 800 years. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. And, um, but can you just imagine seeing the world? Right. The evolution of the world over a period of 900 years. So. Flesh, yeah, I, w- I would go Cain and Abel. Um, but I think I'd go for my spirit. I'd want to see Jesus as a kid. Yeah. I, I, I think I'd like that because, number one, I just want to see that there are teenagers that know how to behave. <laughs> <laughs> there was it at least happen. one. <laughs> it can happen. There was at least one, right? That is, uh, you know, I didn't think about that either. That's every parent's dream right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way it could have been. <laughs> Darn you, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> the same side of that is there's a, there is a, a lot of teaching where you learn that when he was a kid, he was in the synagogues teaching. That is a good point. The too. adults. And they were like amazed by the authority that he taught by. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him put these religious types in their place. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Yeah, it would be it, either one. Really? Jesus might actually even be the better answer. Um, and here's another reason, because in Cain and Abel's day, you didn't have the new covenant. So you also didn't have you the lived law under either. God's laws. You didn't. Oh, it wasn't. Yet. Oh, that was before Moses. So, so before see, Moses. now now you're right. going too deep into it. See, now you know <laughs> if you look at all the circumstances, yeah, that can change. So we just kind of have to be surface so level in this. What happened to the folks before Moses' law? Well, when we get to heaven, you can ask God what he decided. Yeah. Actually, it's a fictitious, it's a fictitious question anyway, because who was growing up with those two? They were the first. <laughs> I mean, I guess they had to have had they other had kids. Sisters. 
they had to have had sisters, right? Yeah. So you're going to be, you're, it's not like you're the neighbors growing up with them. You're siblings. All right, wait. <laughs> it's been a while since I read the first two books. Could you refresh the timeline? Well, see, well, I, that's I, you the know, beginning of the timeline. That, yeah, that's, <laughs> so you had Adam <laughs> and Eve, Adam and Eve, and then they had kids, and then they had kids, and their kids, their kids were Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel, and then correct. somehow those kids had kids, which I don't even want to think about. I don't know how well, that all it, propagated. It, yes. well, the answer to that is real simple. It's it was their sisters. The bloodline was so pure at that point in time, there was no need for the prohibition. Plus, God right. had everything to do with. Exactly. I mean, God was they in were created perfectly. God so was saying, okay, genetics. Yeah. The uh, the the rule against incest didn't come around till after Noah. Who cares about the rule? I mean, it's your sister. You know, I mean, it's just. Uh, of course, I realize not everyone you know thought that way. Even like later on with Abraham, yeah. you know, he was married to his half sister. Yeah, or his, was it his niece? Half, I yeah, I mean, no, his niece. Uh, I think it was his niece. Well, it was a half something. Yeah. Now I can't. Now you've got me thinking that I might be wrong. But anyway, I know because he told the story that, hey, my wife, or this is my whatever. Oh, this sister. is my sister. Yeah, you're yeah, right. I think it was it sister. Was a, yeah, it, well, and it then, was a half sister. You're right. And then he's like, "Why did you lie to me?" Well, technically, I didn't. I just, <laughs> I just didn't tell you. Didn't the give you the truth. whole truth. Yeah. So yeah, I guess they thought about it a little different. So I, you know, but I can't put myself there. Well, there was things like that. That rule. I mean, it's a good rule. <laughs> Don't sleep with your sister. I'm very happy they came up with it. But um, that that is an evolution of... The answer you're looking for is sin. Yes. Because what happened was when the, when there was, when the fall occurred in the garden, um, the world was unspoiled. Remember, God said it was good. Mm-hmm. And so sin had to eventually permeate everything. Right. It, it permeated the bloodline. And as sin permeated and then replicated it just the corruption got worse and worse and worse until there reached a point where if you don't have the separate family lines there wasn't enough genetic material to not cause problems Mm -hmm. that's what essentially it is yeah it makes sense well, that got real deep real fast. You know, you know and what? it's supposed to be a game. I am nerdy. That's what I do, right? I, I think about these things. Well, on that, it's time for News with Nate. You know what? We got to definitely work on that intro because it sounds like the news is so ominous and scary and terrifying. Tis the season. I'm not saying it isn't ominous, scary, and terrifying what I'm about to talk about, but it is, in fact, news. So, did you guys know that there is a new ruler in Israel? We did. Okay. So, um, I'm going to, uh, to make this as simple of an analogy as possible, the previous ruler, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, um, he was essentially a Trump analog. Mm-hmm. Very, very similar to each other. Right. Very right wing. Very right wing. Uh, the new guy. Is very left. Very Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very yep. Joe Biden. And the funny thing is they had to make partnership with their enemies in order to take Netanyahu out. Mm-hmm. So the new guy who has got his seat of power is only going to be in that seat for two years. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be handed off to 
another power which is even less liked than the guy on the left. So, you know, if you're into prophecy, there is some very telling things that could happen under new leadership that would certainly pave the road to everything that's to been everything that's been going on that's been talked about. Yeah. Um, but there are certain things where under Netanyahu, this stuff would not have been tolerated. But the Bible tells us that certain things are going to happen. Absolutely. So if you're not familiar with your 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 uh your prophecy understanding, now might be a good time to get yourself in order, get your ducks in a row and maybe start reading your Bible. Well, on on the note of this new leader, um, did you see the headline? Which one? Let me pull it up here for you. And if you have something pulling, else to say while I'm looking well, up, go ahead. While he's pulling that up, uh, one person I'd recommend that you follow is a, a gentleman by the name of Amir Safarti. Um, I, I have his app. You have his app? Mm-hmm. So maybe we can put that in the show notes for, for those who want to follow at home. I, I follow him on Telegram because most of the social media platforms are complete bunk in that at this point. Um, but there is, he is a, a former military guy who is um, very proud of his Jewish heritage, but he was actually born, I think, a Palestinian and is also a Christian. And he has a very interesting point of view. So uh, give him a listen if you get a chance. Uh, Amir Safarti, he also has a couple of books. I recommend those. I read his last one on my my last vacation, and, and it was a fantastic read. And for our listeners, just know that uh, if you do look at the Bible and its prophecies and you do pay attention to what's going on around the world right now. It's not just Israel. It's, you know, there are a lot of things going on all over the place that really point to the end could be very, very near and is probably likely very, very near. So it's time for us as Christ followers to get the job done and be ready to roll. Yeah. Agreed. Rapture practice every day, just jumping up into the air. <laughs> I still can't reach the basketball hoop, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I hope that my ability to jump is not going to well, be necessary. News. I got good news for you. You don't have to jump. That's what I was hoping for. So thank you for that encouragement. You can actually even be asleep. <laughs> uh, I can't find it, but basically it said the, uh, uh, the new leader said it is... Um, well, it basically said it's time to build the next, the third temple. That wouldn't shock me. I know that that's something that is, uh, very near and dear. Um, and it is a, a, certainly a, a, a primary piece and prophetic, Mm -hmm. final prophetic, uh, prophecies. But, um, you know, it's kind of a throwback at this point, but I remember reading the left behind series back in the Mm nineties and, uh, that was engaging. It was gripping. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Way better than the movie. Yeah, yeah. The book's always better than the movie. Right. But um, that was, the building of the third temple is something that is very prophetic. It's a must have. I mean, without the third temple, the Antichrist has nowhere to take his throne. That's correct. And uh, you may not know this, but there's actually an organization in Israel who has dedicated their entire purpose 
to building the implements that are supposed to be on the inside of it. Oh, that. they have everything ready. They have everything. Everything that goes in it, the blueprints to build it, everything's ready. They even had the red heifer. I believe that. They do. Flawless. So. Mm. <laughs> That's making me hungry right and, now. And friends, I just want to throw out there those mooing. That is not Jason hitting a button. That is coming directly from Jason himself. I think he was a cow in another life. <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, chink. I've been practicing my cow for years. For no reason. I guess it was for this. God was getting me ready. <laughs> um, okay. Anything else to add to your... No, that's pretty much my news. Just uh, make sure you're staying aware of the politics. Uh, Netanyahu isn't going to go anywhere, much like Trump is here in America. Not going to really go anywhere. Um, there are a lot of attempts to silence his voice, just like there are a lot of attempts to silence our former president's voice. And um, given the nature of the... What's the word I want to look for here? Um, given the nature of the coalition that the new government has built, it is extremely fragile extremely fragile so it if the wind's blowing the wrong way it'll knock the entire thing over and you might very well have netanyahu returning so we'll see what happens yeah okay well we're gonna take a short break we'll be right back with the topic the prosperity gospel hey folks we would like to say thank you to all of our subscribers for supporting the show and if you're just finding us we hope that you choose to subscribe and join us each week for some great discussion and lots of laughs. Now back to the show. Okay, fellas, you know, I've been doing some research um, on this since I decided to make it a topic and I uh, understood what it was. I understood that these villainous pastures, if you want to call them that, uh, basically rob people of their money by using you know their their well their lack of wealth and their and their must need for i guess everything just their health their wealth their their livelihood to improve and they are taking advantage of them um they target the unfortunate because they're the most desperate and they give them every last penny they have in hopes of having a great return. And uh, it's absolutely sickening. But what's even more dark than that is during this research I've been doing is all of these pros prosperity preachers have something in common where they're twisting the word of God to the point to where they think that by God making us in his image that he actually made little gods. Are you aware of this? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about these pastors that preachers, whatever you want to call them. I call them Satan's wingmen. Um, and, and what they're doing to the nation, thousands and thousands and thousands of people are following these people with every word thinking of they're going to get healed and rich and everything let's talk about it you know you just made me think of a new a, a song from the 90s i believe it was and this isn't even like song of the week time but uh 
It was a group called Whiteheart, and they had a song called Power Tools. Check out these lyrics. End times, ready for the show of great signs. It's going to be hard to know which way to go. Some teach, and what they say is true. Some preach, and the power of God shines through. But then there'll be a few expensive sheepskins, money-minded smile on his chinny-chin-chin. Still, some will follow. You got to open your eyes. You better know who's making all the rules. Is he a man of God or just a baby with some power tools? <laughs> and see, now I feel, I feel like I got to read verse two. So you play, you play follow the leader. No way, to, no way you could ever be wrong. So you keep playing along. But he's lost, living in a lie, while your cost of giving goes sky high for his piece of the pie. So take my hand, just tell me what it costs to see the promised land. I'm getting sleepier. And then, of course, the chorus. You know, it kind of reminded me of that song. What's that? You'll have to put that one in the song of the week this week. It is, <laughs> it is actually it. a very good song uh, and, and is very, very truthful. But you, you're right. Uh, this whole, uh, the prosperity gospel has a couple of really, you know, big problems. The first one is it is often about uh, pastors who are abusing the pulpit, who are abusing the church Mm -hmm. and they're looking to make money off people. Um, that does happen, unfortunately. And, you know, all I can do is kind of be like Paul, the apostle Paul, who said, well, you know, unfortunately some are preaching Christ, for the wrong reasons, they're trying to stir up trouble. They're trying to do this. They're trying to do that. But the good news is that, you know, the, the positive in this is that Christ is still being preached. So, you know, I hang on to that knowing that there are a handful of these people who, you know, they're truly genuinely just giving everything they have up to know the Lord more. And I believe there are going to be some people that are saved as a result of this movement. However, comma, the other problem with this, all of this is that the gospel, the kingdom of God, as Jesus would put it, is not a selfish gospel. And that's what the, these pastors are basically preaching this, this selfish gospel that says, hey, if you do this, it's all about you. You're going to have what you want. You're going to be wealthy. Um, you know, God is going to make you wealthy. And God never really promises that. You know, he says he's going to bless us, but he doesn't necessarily say he's going to bless us all on this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. Many of our blessings are going to come later. And in fact, the gospel is really a selfless gospel. Jesus, you know, the, well, Jesus didn't say this, but the Bible says, and I believe this is in Philippians, um, we're told that we must have the same attitude that Christ had. And the attitude he had was what? He said, I came not to be served, but to serve. He was so service oriented that he was willing to give everything up to and including his life for others. And that's what God is calling us to. And that means we might end up being martyred. We might end up giving it all. Now, are we going to, is that a loss of reward? No, we're going to be rewarded insanely in heaven, Mm -hmm. but maybe not on this, this earth. And so, you know, the gospel of the prosperity gospel is not only wrong, but it is highly um, dangerous. Right. I mean, you are walking on dangerous territory. I mean, Jesus said himself, it is harder for a rich man or for a rich man. It's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven. 
And yeah, we face it. We just can't handle money sometimes. Right. And if God was just, you know, going to turn around and just give a, you know, flood us all with money, we probably couldn't handle it. And so it's a dangerous place to be. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't do that. He does say for those who test him and give and give, you know, he is going to give back and make sure they have plenty to give. But again, it's a conduit. Mm -hmm. It's a conduit. So, you know, he wants to use us to bless people, not just make churches, you know, pastors rich, but to, to take care of the poor and do all those kind of things. And so as we give and give and give, if our heart is pure and we're doing the right things financially, he's going to give us more, but I'm not necessarily believing that he's going to make us rich. Right. Some will get rich because they can handle it, but others, most of us probably not. God's going to give you what you need. You know, there's uh, the kind of build on what Pastor Rick was just saying there. It is difficult for rich people to get into heaven because they tend to rely on themselves and their money more than their, their faith. In right. God. What money is their God? Well, not all, but for many, yes. Not, I'm not talking about the rich people. I'm talking about the people that's all they think about yes. is more money, more money, more money. If you've ever noticed, there's a lot of poor, poor people who think about money much, much more often than rich people do. It, it's their idol. And that is true. That is true. There it, is something that if you're that obsessed with it, you probably know why you don't have it. Right. It's kind of a personality enhancer. So if you're really, really generous and you're kind and you have more money, you're going to be more generous and kind. Mm-hmm. If you're a jerk, you're going to be that much more of a jerk. If you've got extra money. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I, I would tell you is when it comes to prosperity gospel, Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. What I was trying to say there earlier about rich people is there are a number of rich people in the New Testament, a number of them. And there's a lot of rich people throughout the history of the Bible. You even look at the patriarchs. They were extremely wealthy. Uh, If you look at the kings of Israel, extremely wealthy. King Solomon, the wealthiest man who ever lived, right? So there's nothing inherently wrong with wealth. The problem is our sinful nature. And while it is difficult for a rich man to get into heaven, all things are possible with God. So if you are listening to this and you think that you are rich, well, let me first check you. If you're living in America, you are rich. Even mm-hmm. our poorest people are among the richest people on the planet. Yes. Any, true debt. True debt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. anybody makes $38,000 a year or more is in the top 1%. That's pretty accurate. I thought it was around 35, but maybe it's now 38. Um, Inflation. Thanks, <laughs> 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 <Extra> Joe Biden. <laughs> we got $10 two by fours, man. <laughs> the, um, so when it comes to wealth, we need to understand we are a country of wealth. And it is something where you're never going to be happier with a little more. You got to be happy where you are. Um, that is the real danger of the prosperity gospel is because the best lies have an element of truth to them. And there is an element of truth. Right. To that the is true. entire idea of the prosperity gospel. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. That's what makes it so dangerous. That's what, yeah, exactly. And that's what makes it so believable because there is an element of truth to it. And right. that's the danger because if you look at Christ's message, he said, by your faith, you were healed. And if you are doing these things by faith, you're putting yourself in a position where God could bless you. The problem is, is you don't get to choose how God blesses you. 
Mm-hmm. This is true. All right. And it's, I remember reading about all these people who had broken family issues because their parents gave a whole bunch of money to some of these TV televangelists back in the 80s and 90s. And they fell flat on their face because they weren't real. Mm-hmm. They were wolves in sheep's clothing. Nowadays, the wolves in sheep's clothing will do everything possible not to offend you. And that's one of the signs that you know you're dealing with prosperity gospel. If you go to church or you're listening to a pastor who you come away feeling good about yourself 100% of the time, danger, Will Robinson, danger. Because the gospel is meant to show us our need for Christ, our need for a Savior. Right. And it, it points to all these problems that we have that we can't solve on our own. And our wealth or lack of wealth is not a problem. It is not even the most important problem. There, there, there's so much more to talk about. And if you're, if you're listening to the Olstein types and. Yeah. He's like a life coach more than a pastor. That's, that's a really good way of putting his life coach. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to that kind of, kind of preaching, you're missing out on so much more of the gospel and what Christ came for that that message is so curated and so controlled and so limited that you're not really walking the you're not walking the path of the faith mm-hmm. you're stopping in this one little corner then you're trying to specialize in it right right and that danger exists for everybody well with this with just like you said there's more to it and and see i think the real danger of the prosperity gospel is the focus is in the wrong area if your focus is I'm in this to get well, to get better, you know, well off, I'm, get, I'm or even I'm in this to get out of debt, or I'm in this to get, um, you know, in a position where I'm not so miserable because of lack of money. If that's my focus, my focus is all wrong. The focus, the focus is supposed to be on God and on having a relationship with Him and understanding that even if you give up everything, He's worth it. In fact, you know, this week we did a we did a message. We were talking about uh, you know lukewarm Christianity, and I and I brought up a a verse um, which has come up the last couple of weeks. Matthew thirteen forty four. It says, "The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered in a hidden field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field." Now that one little verse, it's telling us that the kingdom of heaven. In other words, the good news, the gospel, is about knowing that there's something out there that is so good, so amazing, so insanely valuable that it's worth giving everything up, giving up our time, giving up our energy, giving up our money, giving up everything for that. And... And when you're when you're looking at it from a guess we'll get it out prosperity <laughs> gospel uh, perspective, you're not giving up to get closer to God. Now it becomes and and not for everybody. That's why I said there's some that are really drawn to God because of this, uh, because there is some truth in it. Because God says, "Hey, that's the one time in the Bible God says test me in this." You know, you give and you give to me, and you give you put your tithe, you know, in the storehouse, and I am going to bless you. And again, as Pastor, you know, as Nate pointed out, rather, uh, well, he is Pastor Nate to us here, but, um, (laughs) you know, how he pointed out the fact that uh, God does bless us in different ways. Sometimes our tires last longer in our car, our engines don't blow up when they should have. Uh, We don't have 
doctor's expenses. He just keeps us healthy. I mean, there's a lot of ways he can save us money without pouring cash into our wallets. So not only do we have different ways of being blessed by God, but, you know, I think I got derailed there. But the point is, is that we, we give up everything to be with Jesus, to be in his presence, not to gain from it. The gospel is literally, it's all about Jesus. He is everything, and he's worth everything that we have to give up. And more of Jesus' message was about giving up than getting. Mm -hmm. Most of his message was about giving up and being willing to give everything up that you own. In fact, the rich man, you know, the parable, or not the parable, it's actually a story. He says, he goes to a rich man, and he says, or the rich man says, what must I do to be saved? Well, Obey the Ten Commandments. The rich man says, great. I've been doing that since early childhood. Dad taught me to do it. All's well. Jesus said, well, there's only one thing more you got to do. Sell everything. Give it to the poor. Store up treasures in heaven. And follow me. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't give up everything. Why? You know, he was obviously, uh, he believed in God. He followed the Ten Commandments. He wanted to go to heaven, but he was not willing to do that. So again, it's, 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 a, it's a double-edged sword because some of these people that are giving to wolves in sheep's clothing are really doing it in a genuine heart, and they really do want to get closer to God. But the gospel presented by these pastors really steer more people off course than on course because their focus is all wrong. And so be very, very leery about that. And I'm not one to really put down individual ministries, but I will tell you, um, you, you said uh, the Olstein kind of approach is more life coach. I will tell you, I've heard a few of his messages, just clips of them, and it was they were so non-biblical, it's not even funny. Right. So I would avoid teachings, any teaching that is not biblical. Right, and it, it points a big sign to people that, you got to know your Bible because if you knew your Bible, when you go to this and, and hear these people talk, you would know right away that there's something wrong coming out their mouth. Right. Right. It, it, it's, it's discernment is what it is. And discernment mm-hmm. is a spiritual gift. The more you know your Bible, the more you're going to be able to recognize the charlatans when they appear. Right. It's actually twofold. It, you're, you're right. It is discernment. And it's, uh, you know, and discernment can even be a gift. You can know about whether something's, you know, not true or not, you know, before you hardly hear a word uh, because of the spirit. But at the same token, when, when you know the word of God, you can, you can hear something that's false. In fact, I've never, I will, I will tell you, I've never heard of an Olstein sermon all the way through because I've only heard a couple of them and it took about a minute and a half to realize, wow, there's some non-biblical teaching going on. So I turned it off. The danger of this is that it is built on some semblance of truth. God does tell us the one area where you're supposed to test him. The the Bible tells us you do not tempt your God, but there is this one area where God says, yes, test me in this. And it's your tithes. Mm -hmm. And so what these, these vultures are doing is they're building their ministry on that one little truth. Now, they happen to ignore every other verse that does not fit the, the message that they're and that is, carefully that, crafting. Therein lies the problem. 
but the, the it, it can absorb it, it's absorbing because the, the first drink of the prosperity gospel makes you think this makes so much sense i can i could do this i could i could see this because it's speaking to your flesh right mm-hmm. it's all about what and your you desperation and your desperation your desire for healing your desire for money and it's feeding that and that is a giant red flag because it, we're supposed to be giving up these things like uh, the example pastor Recker used earlier with the the rich young ruler who who was so tied to his possessions that he couldn't give them up so he walked away from the faith if you're that desperate for for possessions or healing or something else you're putting yourself in a position where you can be abused by the enemy. Right. Right. And that's the part that it, it, it hurts because I've had, I've had friends who were telling me all about, yeah, I'm listening to this great new pastor and they mentioned Olstein on, cause he's on that serious radio channel. And it's, and it's so hard to, to help another Christian see that the path that they're on is not the best one. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 disheartening. it's difficult. It's it's difficult to show those who are not Christians, but to, to correct those who believe that they are right. is very difficult. Right. Yeah, I, I understand because um, somebody that we know posted a video of a pastor that um, is is not one to listen to. I'll just say that. And I just wanted so bad just to say, no. Don't listen to this person. Here's how you fix that. You have to ask questions. Mm -hmm. That's all you can do. You can, you give no judgments. You just have, well, if that's what you believe, what about this? What about this? And just keep peppering the questions. That is certainly always a good approach. I mean, that's a good approach no matter what. That's a good approach if you're having an argument with your spouse. That's a good approach if you're trying to uh, correct somebody. The Bible says that whenever we correct somebody, it should be done humbly and gently. So... um, it, it, there is a danger though. It's like, I, I love the, the reactions, you know, it's like, uh, Nate, you were like, Oh, we got to be careful pointing out people. And you know, Jason, you're like, let's let them have it. <laughs> there's, there's actually truth in both of those things. Uh, we definitely, you know, like, and we did that about Catholicism before, you know, Oh, we don't want to, oh, do we really want to, you know, point out, you know, the Catholic, well, you know, there's really no, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just go ahead and say it. There is probably not a denomination, I guess you'd call it a denomination that is leading more more people in a bad way than Catholicism. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we can't, I cannot stand by and watch somebody follow Catholicism and not at least try, but I don't have to necessarily say you're wrong. You're stupid. You don't know the God, you know, you don't know the Bible. Well, that's not going to win anybody over. Right. So asking questions as Nate pointed out, you know, being soft and gentle, but you know, I think as, as Christians, Christ followers, we do have an obligation to at least attempt it, with the people in our sphere of influence. Now, I, I'm not going to go out there and make a platform of it because I think, Nate, you said this in Bible study one time. we got to be careful. Sometimes we make platforms out of causes while all along we're letting people die and go to hell. We're not spending enough time on discipleship. Yeah. But at the same token, you can marry those two things because if people are being led astray, there's a good chance they might not be Christ followers. You know, there are going to be a lot, I'm sure not a lot, I'm not saying millions, millions, but there's going to be Catholics in heaven for sure. For sure. Um, Even though the denomination was misleading, you know, 
leading them down a bad path and, and teaching incorrect things, there's going to be those people that figure it out because they're in the Bible and they're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how unlikely was it that the thief on the cross next to Jesus was going to become you know, a Christ follower and enter the gates of heaven that day. I'd love to know. Uh, that's one of the questions when I get there, I'd love to be able to talk to him and say, what, what made you realize that this was the one? Oh, I think, I think you can, I think you can probably figure that out in your head. I mean, look at the, what was it? The, the, was it the Roman soldier who was watching and he just kind of like, you know, surely this is the son of God. Well, that was after he was dead. Okay. Well, that's true. But I mean, I'm sure it's the way he acted. I'm sure, you know, he oh, yeah. was not, he's not cussing out His anybody. Yeah. He's not when they're mocking him, hey, jump off the cross, you fool. If you're God, you know, show angels. us. Yeah. And, you know, he's not like going at them. They're not having cat fights. You know, I'm sure the way he conducted himself was made it pretty obvious. This guy's kind of above everybody else. Certainly everybody I see in this crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can see that. But um, I want to say something about calling people out. The day and age that we're in now, the way, the way things are going, where there's not a whole lot of time left, honestly. It's now or never. I mean, we don't have time to be pussyfooting around with bullcrap. We got to let people know the truth. And, right. and whether they feel bad about it or not, that's not my problem. They can feel bad as they're opening another Bible and get the truth and feel great because they said, oh, man, thank you so much for shaking me up a little bit so I can dive in a little bit and see what uh, what's really going on. Yeah, there's truth to that. Uh, I think it just it's still, a, you know, it's it's about gentle and hum- it's about being gentle and being humble because that's what we're told to do. Well, but at the same time, we can still be bold. Absolutely. I mean. Jesus didn't write the seven letters to the seven churches for no reason. What I will say is this. While you're correct, technically, the methodology matters as well. Because you can correct someone and then they will resent you for it. That's fine. And it's if, true. It's if they true. resent you for it, they may tune out the, the message itself. So let the message be what offends, not the individual. That's, that's, I think that's good guidance, but also I think it's very wise to really follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And, and this is a tough one, but, you know, Jesus sometimes would be a little in your face with the Pharisees, with, uh, you know, yeah. turning over tables, turning and, over uh, tables. <laughs> getting his whip out. You know, there were times that he did that, but we know that that didn't happen all the time. And he was also very gentle and humble. In fact, you know, we see Mary laying on the ground waiting to be stoned. And what does he do? He shows her compassion and says, Hey, you, uh, you guys over there with the stones in your hand, let the one without sin cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. And he showed her compassion and it changed. It rocked her world and changed her life forever. So I think there's a time and a place for everything. And we just have to be, it goes back to your your statement earlier, we got to have discernment. We, we need to pray for that and pray for the spirit's guidance so that we use the right approach at the right time. There's also the, the, uh, it's kind of funny. I, while I am not a Calvinist outright, all right, there's a lot I agree with. Mm-hmm. I'm probably closer to like a two and a half point Calvinist, not a five point Calvinist, <laughs> but, um, 
there is this this condition of those who do finally adopt the full Calvinistic viewpoint and that's known as the cage stage. And the cage stage is that you get so sold out to the theology that you you become like a wild animal just unleashed on people and you blow people out of the water. And that's why they call it the cage stage. Just because when you're in the cage stage, maybe the best thing for you is to put you in a cage and just not let you hurt people. Um, the nature of our faith is such that you can blow people out of the water. So you, you need to be sensitive. But like Pastor Rick said, there are times when the more blunt situation is called for and you need to be sensitive to the spirit when that well, comes. And you know, quite honestly, um, you know, if we would, quite honestly, the church is so lethargic that's when a it really comes good word. when it comes to discipleship, when it comes to preaching the good news, when it comes to standing up uh, against false teachers and that sort of thing, we are so lethargic that you know. And normally, I would say, hey, if you're going to err, err on the side of humility and gentleness. But you know, I'd almost you know in this late hour, I'd almost like to see people be a little bit more bold. And then have to back them off. You know, I've heard I've heard it said that it's easier to cool off a zealot than it is to, uh, you know, fire is, up somebody it? who's fire up an unmotivated person. Yeah. I don't know the exact statement, the exact phraseology, right. but you know, it's true. I'd rather be able to. I'd rather have to cool off, you know, the Jasons of the world <laughs> than to uh, than to try to motivate somebody who's just slothful, yeah, you know, spiritually. So I've always been this way. I'm passionate, and no, really. I didn't know. <laughs> I go for the neck, man. So don't do wrong in front of me. I will call you out. Um, okay, we got to move on. Uh, well, I will say one thing. Okay, always be careful that you have truth on your side. You know, before it's so easy sometimes to jump on the bandwagon, make all kinds of statements, only to find out, oops, that was a mistake. So always check your True. facts. Check your facts. And don't trust what people are telling you the word says. Read it. Get in there yourself. yourself. Read it yourself. Absolutely. This 100%. is the single most important thing of your life. It is not worth relying on what other people say. That's right. In fact, everything you hear on this podcast, go check it out. We mm-hmm. encourage Double you to do us. that. Double and triple check it to Absolutely. make sure. Yeah, if we because, get the context wrong, call us out. Yeah, I mean, if you don't double check, you'll think helicopters and revelations. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our new game. Bible Jeopardy. Okay. I'm, I'm excited for this. Are we in trouble for using this music? <laughs> no. No. Someone made this music and said, use it if you want. Yeah, so I, I did. You know, I was just, I, well, when I first heard it i'm like wow this is not the way i remember jeopardy jeopardy and then it just kind of fires up and yeah yeah it does have a hint of it that's for sure yeah no i have full full permission okay very or, nice or I'll use right. it. we're not going to jail yay <laughs> Woo! Okay. i like freedom so although i have always wanted to start a prison ministry i suppose either way it's okay <laughs> <laughs> either way you can always preach in canada the guy up there Look, got rearrested i can get rapture from a jail cell that's fine <laughs> Okay, our categories, gentlemen, are Old Testament, New Testament, names, geography, and Bible books. 
All right, so if it's names, do I actually have to pronounce the name correctly? No, but if you get close, you're good. Okay. Remember that answer the question with a answer the answer with a question. Oh, yeah. Oh, like that's never Are you really going to I mean, that? do your best. I'm not going to okay. disqualify you. <laughs> I know I would mess up in that a lot. So, um, we got to flip a coin to I'll, see I'll spin first. the bottle here and it's pointing to Rick. So, Rick, pick your <laughs> oh, category. <laughs> you know, Nate, you may have gotten cheated there. I'm not sure, but it was <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll roll with it. At least it was <laughs> obvious cheating. All right, go right. ahead. <laughs> I like going to do it again. Pick your category. All right, I'll go price. Uh, New Testament for 100. New Testament for 100. Now we're going to go back and forth, right? Yeah. That, is the, that, that would be the case. The way Samson lost his great strength. Hair removal. Oh, Correct. what is hair removal? Correct. Is that right? What is his haircut? <laughs> Now, see, I'm going to have some fun with this because if you'd asked me and I said he had the absolute worst female barber ever. Ever. <laughs> I, I thought I thought if you got it right, you pick the next one. You no, do. I think That's we go back. on the TV show, but you've got to hit the button first to answer it faster, and we don't have a button on there. Uh. All right, so go back and forth. All right. So, all right, go. All right, I'm going to do geography for 200. Geography for 200. The city often referred to as the holy city. What is Jerusalem? You are correct. All right. Uh, New Testament for 200. Besides gold and frankincense, this was the third gift from the wise men for baby Jesus. What is myrrh? You oh, are wait, correct. there's myrrh. You are correct. <laughs> ah, bump, bump, tink. Nathan? All right, let's go for something big. How about, uh, how about, Names for 500. Ooh. See, he's acting like he knows this game. I, I, I forgot that you could actually bounce around. I thought you had to start with 100. Yeah. <laughs> the oldest brother of Joseph, ruler of Egypt. Oldest brother of Joseph. Oh, man. Aaron's going to make me make so much fun of me if I get this wrong because we just finished reading the book <laughs> of Genesis. Um, so the Joseph's brothers uh, are the 12 tribes of Israel. And the oldest one was the one who slept with the concubine. And his name is, oh, I cannot remember his name. Um, Five seconds. Let's say, let's say Dan. I know it's wrong. Reuben. Reuben. Oh. Reuben. I knew, I knew the person. I just didn't it's remember the, the name. only one who was named after a sandwich. That's yeah. true. Rick, you're up. All right. Uh, let's go with Do you names. lose points? Uh, yeah. In the oh, show, yeah. So I'm actually at negative 300 right yes, now. I'm going to get this wrong. Actually, let's go with Bible books for 200. Bible books for 200. Number of Bible books written by both Moses and the Apostle John. Four. What is four? Five, what is man. five? Ah, I knew it. I was thinking, is it five or four? And I chose poorly. <laughs> okay, so it's my turn. Your turn. All right, I'm going to go a little softer on that because that was a tough one. Um, let's go with uh, Old Testament for 300. Old Testament for 300. Food that Samson ate from the dead carcass of a lion. That Samson ate from the dead carcass of a lion? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't I have gotten that one? <laughs> oh, I'm going to assume it was meat. <laughs> What is, what is honey? What is honey. Honey from a lion? He did. That was the whole, uh, that was the, 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 what do you call it? The riddle that he did. Aren't they allowed to answer if you get a, uh? 
Technically, yeah. So I yeah. guess you get the 300 points on so, that one. Uh, well, I think he said it first, though. I mean, okay. I knew oh, it, but, but he knew it. Yeah. All right. Well, then we'll go. <laughs> you keep track of the score. And you know, I haven't even I'm been lost. keeping track of his, so I am completely I got the score right here. Okay. All right. Uh, Rick, you're up. I'll take uh, New Testament for 300. The type of criminals that were crucified with Jesus. Thieves. What, is, what are thieves? What are thieves. You are correct. Nathan. All right, let's go New Testament 4. New Testament for 400. The occupation of the man who climbed a tree to see Jesus. Yeah, um, he was a, uh, he was a tax collector. What is a tax collector? Very good. He didn't say what is. <laughs> is what it is. All right. All right, books of the Bible for 100. Book in which we read about Moses receiving the Ten Commandments. What is Genesis? Yeah. Oh, I'm so, no, oh my no, goodness! You got I your answer. You that. got your answer. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Exodus. Exodus. Correct. Okay, that was just plain dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Pastor Rick. Nathan. <laughs> All right, let's go with uh, Old Testament two hundred. Old Testament two hundred. The person whose family was taken out by angels just before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, that was Lot's family. What? It, well, who was Lot's? Family? Who was Lot? Correct. I thought Rick. they were taken out of Salem. That was the witches. Oh, that was Salem's lot. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Rick, you're up. That was terrible. Okay. Yeah, that was a terrible <laughs> joke. All right. New Testament four or 500. I think that's still free. Yes. New Testament or Old Testament? I'm New Testament for new, 500. Okay. The final wound of the dead body of Jesus on the cross. What is a pierce in your side? A, that is correct. Nathan. I thought that was a rude answer for a 500 level question. <laughs> a rude answer. Hey. I had the name Reuben. Take your chance. <laughs> All right. Let's go for uh, Old Testament 500. Let's see what happens. Look, I gifted you the Exodus, okay? <laughs> that was stupid. 100 points. <laughs> oh, this is the daily double. Oh, okay. For 1,000 points. Oh. So what is, what's the current score? 1200 for Rick and you're at 100. So this can get you right behind him. You need this. Okay. The person who ate holy temple bread when he was hungry. Oh, that was uh, Saul. Who is David. I thought Saul was the one who, 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 he he did it when he wasn't. So you didn't give me an opportunity to get a thousand points there. Oh, Jason, you robbed me. I'm so sorry. Did you know the answer? I did. I mean, you, you're already smoking this dude. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. Oh, uh, I mean, you only go down 400. So that's, okay. that's good. Cause I was surprised you didn't get it. Cause we talked about that in Bible study when Jesus told the story. I actually thought David, but then I remembered that Saul didn't, he lost his, uh, Saul lost his anointing because he didn't obey. And I thought it was because of the, of the, the way no. he treated the yeah. temple. But Good I thought. Guess it was wrong. It's all right. All right. Uh, Nate, uh, Rick, you're up. Oh, I'm sorry. How about uh, Old Testament for 200? I don't know why. That's already taken. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I missed a lot. The only one left on Old Testament is 400. Okay, 400 it is. The first murderer in the Bible. Ooh, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who is Cain? What is Cain? Who is Cain? That was pretty easy for 400. <laughs> Right. Some of these are a little lopsided. I'll throw that out there. <laughs> hey, throw it out there. You're up. All right. Let's go with uh, geography for 300. Geography for 300. 
the most important biblical event to take place at Golgotha. That was Golgotha. The, that was the death of uh, Christ. Golgotha. Ding, 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 the ding. crucifixion of Christ. You are correct. I'm not a geography guy, but geography for 200. Geography for that's already taken. You could do 100 or 400. You're not doing very good at crossing out your I haven't. I told you that. River. Yeah. The river where John the Baptist did most of his most of his baptizing. What is the Jordan? That is correct. All right. Let's go. uh, Geography for 500. Geography for 500. Town where Ruth and Naomi lived after returning to Israel. After returning to Israel, let's say uh, it's a guess. I'm going to say. I know I'm going to get it wrong. Let's just say Jerusalem. Rick, I actually don't know that. Answer is Bethlehem. Oh, oh. That was my second guess. <laughs> I talked myself out of that one. Why I was I sitting not? here. My mind was spinning. I'm like, I don't, I can't remember. Oh. Okay. Rick's up. Myself. All right. Uh, we'll go with names for 200. She said that her mother-in-law, she said, hang on. She said <laughs> the, her mother-in-law. I think that's a misprint. She said, her she said to her mother-in-law, where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Boy, that sounds so familiar, but at the same token, I can't remember. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. Pass. Nate, you got it? Pass. Rahab. Ruth. Ah. That wasn't one that R. That, it all comes into focus now. All right, what's the left on the board? Don't you know? <laughs> I think I do. Let's right. go, I don't. Let's go, go names with 100. Names from 100. He wore clothing made of camel hair. Baptist. John the Baptist. I should always take 100. That's, I'm a 100 kind of guy. Yeah. All right. What's left in names? Uh, 300? 300 and 400. Names for 300, please. He cried after hearing a rooster crow. Oh. Who is Peter. You are correct. I've been working on my rooster for years. All right. 400 for names. The person who God was speaking when he said, I am who I am. That was Moses. Right. It was Moses. Am I back in the positive yet or no? Negative 100. What's left on Bible books? 300. 300? 300. All right. Longest chapter of the Bible. Uh, oh, I know this. Oh, oh, that's easy. Is it? Absolute chapter or book? Oh, chapter. I don't know this chapter. Oh, I know this. It's in. Uh, I think it's in Psalm. That's the biggest book. Yeah, it's the biggest book. You've only got about a one in three hundred. It's got the most. It's got the, <laughs> I think it's the smallest chapter. It's got like hundred and something. Longest chapter. chapter. I don't know. I think it's in Psalm though, still. But maybe I'm wrong. Take a guess. Psalm one thirty-seven. <laughs> what it is it? What I, I, if you would Psalm just want me to guess, I can 119. guess. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I thought it was a psalm, but I'm like, I have no clue which one it is. I had the same thought. I, I knew would, it was in Psalms. I just had no idea what chapter it was. I didn't think Psalm had any of the longest chapters. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, there's yeah. so many. I thought they're all short. Yeah. Anyway, Nathan. Well. All right. Let's do a geography for 400. Mountain where God asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Oh. The, we just had this conversation. Mount Sinai? Eric? 
Mm. Not good with geography. Um, see, that's what I would have probably said. No. I can't, I can't Sinai remember. Sinai is where the, file, the fire yeah. descended. Yeah. Mount so. Mariah. Mariah. Yeah. yeah. I could have read that Mount yesterday. Mount Midori I got it. I don't listen for those things. <laughs> I listen for like, what happened? I don't care where it was. <laughs> okay. Um, Europe? Who? I yeah, guess. you're up. I'm up? Yeah. Okay. And what's left? New Testament for 100, Bible books for four and five. New Testament for 100. Jesus' crown, when he was crucified, was made of this. What are thorns? Correct. You gotta name the type of wood. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the type of wood? Thorny wood. Thorny wood. <laughs> Nathan? Uh, what's my score right now? Negative 500. All right, let's go for 500. See if I can get back to positive. Book before Jonah. The book before Jonah. I just read Jonah too. All right, I'm going to go with my gut. Nahum, I think it's called. Do you? Man, before Jonah. I can't even. Obadiah. Obadiah is correct. I wasn't going to say Obadiah. I was just about to say a book, but it wasn't Obadiah. And now we'll just keep my mouth shut now. (laughs) It's it's a guess. And the last one. Uh, what's left? Whatever it is. Bible books for 400. For 400. There you go. Last book of the Old Testament. Really? The Old Testament? That's, uh, what is it? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's just not coming to me. Uh, I can see it. <laughs> like it's like on the end of my tongue and I just can't get it out. Mm. No. Mm-mm, good. Mm, uh, <laughs> I want to say Malak. What? what is Malachi? What is Malachi? <laughs> Correct. Oh, man, I almost had a heart attack there. I'm like, I should know that. That's pretty simple. Rick wins. I got spanked in that. Oh one. yeah. I shouldn't have gone for the big what was ones. score? I I, final score: Rick twenty one hundred, Nathan negative one. So you you lose when you. Oh. I went too big. I went to the big ones, and I didn't have easy ones for the big ones. Oh, sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. I figured that was my only shot was to go for the big ones because you. I didn't even think strategy. So uh, yeah, I was not. I, I honestly I couldn't even remember how to play. Of course, we were arguing about it when we started. <laughs> Wasn't there a buzzer? I don't think so. Well, I for one had a lot of fun with that. So it, it was fun. It was very humbling, but fun. <laughs> humbling is a really good word for that, actually. Very humbling. Humbling is a good word for that. Okay, well, guess what, guys? What's that? It is it's time, time for it? songs. Yeah, of baby. The week. So, ladies and gentlemen, we all know that this is Rick's most favorite part of the show. So, I will allow Rick to go first. Why, thank you. Uh, Today, I'm going to dig deep, and we're going to go back just a little bit in the rock, heavy rock genre with a group called Seventh Day Slumber. And it was one of the first songs I ever heard by them. Back in the old days when 88.7... Uh, here in Columbus was really more of the rock versus the, I guess, hip hop or whatever that it is today. Now it's kind of like screamo hip hop, but when it was more like the heavy rock, um, Seventh Day Slumber came out with a song called Caroline and it made me cry every time. 
um, because uh, if you know anything about Joseph, the lead singer, he's um, he really is big in ministry to people that are on the verge of suicide, uh, human trafficking, you know, people that are just in, you know, in drugs and sin real heavy and they reach out. And so he wrote this song and it, it goes, I'm going to read just a few lyrics here. He says, where do I begin? There's so much I want to say to make it easier. Tomorrow is on his way. Do you believe I want to take away your painful memories? I know you want to run away. I know that you can't see tomorrow. Caroline, let me wipe away your tears and give you life. Make you feel beautiful again. Caroline, don't throw it all away. I'm here tonight to take your pain away. This is God talking. Yesterday is gone and everything that made you cry has fallen to the ground. I'm here to bring you hope. I will always take you back. And here's the one, here's the thing that makes me cry. You haven't let me down. Oh, how many people just think they've let their parents down, they've let the world down, they've let their boss down, they've let their spouse down, let their kids down. God's like, you haven't let me down. I know you want to run away. I know that you can't see tomorrow. Caroline, let me take your tears away, give you life, make you feel beautiful again. Don't throw it all away. I'm here to take away your pain. Very nice. Awesome song. Awesome. Nathan? I guess I'll, I'll kind of go with something that's a little bit of a tearjerker as well. And uh, I'll go with one that's... Uh, Thematic music. Apparently. So uh, this one is for... Uh, it's actually a country music song. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome, he's got a button for everything. Okay. Oh, man. Is well, it? that would just derail your train of thought right there, won't it? Yeah. Okay, Do you so. remember that song now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the, the song I want to go with, uh, it's a country music song. Okay. It was uh, it actually what played on the, the radio. It's by John, Monk, John Michael Montgomery, and it's called The Little Girl. The Little Girl. And it's, uh, it's a story song about a little girl's um, difficult road and how Christ was with her through it. Mm. So I will leave it. It's actually a very, very well done song, tasteful. And uh, even though it deals with some heavy topics, so uh, give it a listen and uh, see if it doesn't kind of, you know, activate your sinuses and trigger your allergies. Yeah. I mean, not only thematic, but wow, we're covering quite the spread here. Yeah, Something for everyone. Very I know, diverse. I already know I'd be crying because it's a country song. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but we oh. know that Jason is not a fan of country. <laughs> so what do you got for us today, sir? Okay. So my song is a song we just actually did. I always do songs we are going to do or did because they're fresh in my head, but Extravagant by Bethel Music. It's it's a really great song. I mean, I'll give you that. It it really gets me. But um, you were a lover before time's beginning. You gave your love freely withholding nothing. Jesus, my Jesus. You carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. You stopped at nothing to prove you were for us. Jesus, my Jesus. And the chorus is, it's extravagant. It doesn't make sense. We'll never comprehend the way you love us. It's unthinkable. Only heaven knows just how far you'd go to say you love us. It's beautiful. That it is. That it is. So that's that. Any thoughts, Pastor? Oh, the thought. 
the thought. Do you have two thoughts? I have a thought. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a thought for next week? <laughs> I, I do. I, I have many thoughts, but uh, yeah. So uh, the thought for today is, I guess we're moving to close out. What you, what you, what you thinking? <laughs> well, I'm going to pick, I, I'm going to pick this one because uh, this thought, because of the fact that we, we talked about the prosperity gospel. And one of the things that's kind of problematic is the focus. And, you know, that is the problem with really our whole church today. And by church, I mean the entire church, the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, well, I'm not even going to say the bride of Christ, the the church. The church. (laughs) Because there's a difference. Right. Uh, The church as a whole we've we take delight in everything but god sometimes and uh so our thought for the day comes from psalm 37 4 and this is from the new living translation it says take delight in the lord and he will give you your heart's desires you know the fact is is that we take delight in everything in netflix in our spouse in our job in money and riches whatever and the bible tells us you really want your heart's desires, take delight in the Lord. Now, I, I know that, you know, if you're a prosperity gospeler, you may say, oh, see, take delight in the Lord and he'll give me my heart's desires. Well, that's only if you are truly taking delight in the Lord. And what happens when we take delight in the Lord, we start to realize how good he is and we want him more than we want anything else. And all of a sudden, our hearts line up with his and all of a sudden we find rather than wanting new cars, new this, new that, better relationships with other people, what we really want is to please him. And all of a sudden we're willing to go out and spread the good news. We're willing to be, you know, to give up our life for the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's all because we started by taking delight in the Lord. But I just want to tell people out there today that, you know, we read that verse earlier. Uh, where Jesus said, you know, it's kind of like the kingdom of heaven is kind of like that that farm or the, the land where the guy finds the treasure and he sells everything to get it because he knows it's that good. I want to tell you today that Jesus is worth taking delight in and he will bring you more pleasure than anything out there that this world has to offer, especially sin because sin eventually destroys us. Loving Jesus does nothing but bring us life. Mm-hmm. So. You know, on faith, even if you're not of Christ follower today, on faith, I, I, I challenge you to go out there and seek after God and attempt to take delight in him and let him reveal your, himself to you, and it's going to change your life. Amen. Well, thank you, gentlemen. This is a, quite a show. It's a lot of dimensions and dynamics, but uh, it's a very good one. Folks, I uh, encourage you to... Uh, listen to the show and then take it upon yourself to dig a little deeper into the word of God and find those answers that you're seeking and don't rely on people to tell you the answers. Allow God to tell you those answers, especially and, us. Cause look at, look at the results of them of, uh, of, uh, trivia. <laughs> don't listen to what I say. <laughs> Get in the word. Get in the word. So with that, Thanks for tuning in, folks, to the show. Um, we appreciate you. Please subscribe if you haven't and share that uh, podcast with your friends and family. Uh, let's grow this to new heights. Say goodnight, Rick. Good night, Rick. Good night, Nathan. Good night, Nathan. Good night, everybody. <laughs>